Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope everyone is keeping well in the world right now. Hello, Mr. Trick. I thought you was going to do it then. Hello, everyone. Stu here. Happy Oktoberfest. You thought who was going to do what? <laughs> Hello. Hey, I... It's Tara Ooh. again. Hello. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Hello. Anyway. <laughs> you just done it? <laughs> yeah, we are Sans Matthew this week because it's a horror. It's the first part of a two week horror special. Uh, and Matthew is clearly too scared to come on and discuss any horror movies. Great so we've Ollie. got someone who knows about the horror. <laughs> Miss Tara Court. Tara Stu tells me that you're a bit nervous about coming on the podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah, because what's he, going on? He sent me like that that list you sent him for, and I was just like, I don't fucking, do, I don't, I, I don't do. I'm, I'm more seventies, eighties, nineties horror. I mean, I watch all horror, but um, he sent me the list, your original list of things, and I was like, fucking, what the fuck is this? I thought, you know. <laughs> I thought you just pissed about. <laughs> I didn't realise I was homework. There's, the only homework with my podcast is watching a film and then talking about it. And that's it. Or making some pointless notes that I always forget anyway. But now I was like, I can't do it. I was at the airport earlier trying to write stuff down. And I was I was going to talk about, um, there's a Japanese horror film from the 70s called Haosu, which is brilliant. It's fucking mental. But then that's the 70s and it's not. it's not now. So I was nervous. Mm. I'm all right now because he's shown me the revised list and it gets two thumbs up. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, when we get to that part of it, that will probably play a bit of a role in, in the discussion in regards to it. But as you say, this is going to be about the 21st century horror as we see it. And I've picked 10 films that I think sort of can make us like a path from the year 2000 to where we are now when you look at the horror scene <clears throat> pretty much in general. Um, so I think we'll start off. The first film I've got on my list for the start of the century, I've got two films really to start off with, but we'll talk about a proper horror film first. And it's 28 Days Later. I think 28 Days Later is actually quite an interesting choice. It came in in 2002 and it's a really early way into like, the zombie craze that pretty much swept horror so far in most of this century so far. Tara, thoughts on zombies in general, and then tell me, talk to me a little bit about 28 Days Later. Well, I love zombies. I've got two zombies tattooed on my calves. I've got Trash and Tar... Uh, Trash, no, actually, she's not a zombie just yet. I've got Tarman from Return of the Living Dead tattooed on one of my calves. Um, so, love them. If you had to be a supernatural, I would be a zombie, because you just walk everywhere. You don't have to sparkle like a vampire... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to worry about what you look like, you know, just just walk, sound, don't have to even look tidy, you can look like a right scruffy bastard. So. I mean, um, as no. someone who's got arthritis in their knees, like the <laughs> idea of walking everywhere kind of terrifies me a little bit. <laughs> um, no, zombies are, um, for me, probably, they're, they're, this, they're one of my big scary things, and I think that's from having watched Return of the Living Dead as a kid. And uh, my my uncle um, hiding in the garden when my brother was coming back from the shop and he just shouted brains at him and my brother shit himself <laughs> almost. So, uh, no, zombies are zombies are really in it for me. We went to see 28 Days Later at the pictures and it was just, I loved it. It's just, it, but, you know, don't let Danny Boyle here call them zombies because he doesn't, he doesn't say, he says they're not zombies. 
They fucking are, Danny Boyle, you liar. Um, but yeah, it was great. Uh, you got to see um, Killian Murphy's penis, so that's always good uh, <laughs> when he's in the hospital. And of course, uh, the brilliant Brendan Gleeson's in it as well. I haven't watched it for a bit now, though. Um, if, funnily enough, me and David, my husband, were talking the other day, and he says he prefers 28 weeks later. So do I. Yeah. Mm. It's I, you know, I haven't seen it all the way through. Have you know, it's really I was good. Read, I've seen, like, probably three quarters of the film, mm. but I haven't seen the very beginning and the very ending, but I've seen everything in the middle. So I haven't been in a rush to actually visit that one. No, but obviously there is talk about 28 years later, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So. Might be interesting. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, 28 days later, the issue I have with it is it then it just becomes like... Um, where they've, you know, they've got the, that zombie chained up. So he's just like Bob, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, dawn. So, sorry, Day. Day? Yeah, Day. Day, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. It, it, it's good. It is good for what it is. But then it does hark back to Day quite a bit, you know, with the, the soldiers and the, and the guy chained up. And I don't know. I haven't watched it in the longest time, though. I'll probably have to give it a rewatch. Do you think a reason for that is because we've went through like the 80s and 90s horror where it was a little bit sillier and mm. that return to your 70s style horror was a little bit more grown up and a little bit more, I don't know, just not quite as disposable as a lot of 80s and 90s horror was. So maybe this was a step towards a more adult look at the horror genre, maybe. Yeah, yeah it could be. Um just trying to think yeah it, 70s and 80s horror are that, that's where my heart is is there um but they are stupid and that's why <laughs> that's why my podcast except for tonight's one that's just gone out fans um we've done serial mom uh, from 1994 with kathleen turner one of the finest performance yeah it's the fucking tits uh, but my next door neighbour's obsessed with it, so that's gone out. So, but that was a silly, that's like a silly one as well. Um, but yeah, it, it could well be. I mean, they were trying to, they were trying to do it with um, Scream and all that stuff as well when Scream started. And Final Destination is a an adult, adulty, even though it's about kids, it's like a serious mm-hmm. horror rather than just you know Tom Atkins with his ass out chopping someone up or you know. Michael Myers going after someone again, or Jason X, which I do love Jason X, but could be, could be. But not because it's good, though. Oh, no, it's, it's shit. It's, kind it's of shit fun. and good, yeah. yeah. But it's got one of the best kills in it. Best ever kills. The woman in um, the science lab where he gets up off the table, grabs her by the back of the head, shoves her face in um, that um, acid that freezes that freezes everything mm. and then smashes her head off the side of the thing. So her face just explodes. Brilliant. So good. Was Jason X the one with Buster Rhymes in as well? <laughs> no, that Is was that, that no, one. He, no, was he not was he not in Halloween? Was he not in Halloween H2O? That was LL Cool J. LL Cool J. I'm getting my rappers mixed up. Mm. Happens all the time. Um I don't know because I don't haven't watched all I haven't watched all the Jason films but yeah I'm um, sorry anyway I've hijacked it by talking about 80s and 90s horror when we're not doing that so I do apologize <laughs> Stu, why why zombies why why did they sort of take over the the century 
you know, it's good. This is because I don't I really have to ramble on like I normally do. When there's someone else who just talks <laughs> more than me. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I don't know because zombies are very stupid, as Tara's just said. <laughs> and from what we did had with Evil Dead and all that stuff. Um, and that's why I think probably why I was never scared of it because you can't really be scared of it, can you? When, well, as a 90s kid, well, where are we? Are we 80s or 90s kids? What, what are we classed as? Because it's the. We're Gen X, aren't we? Mm, no, well, you no we're, we're millennials. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> we're, we're geriatric millennials. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm Gen X then. But yeah, I'm an eight. Uh, it's 80s kid. I was born in 79, but I grew up in the 80s. So, See, whereas I'd say I was a 90s kid because I grew up really in the 90s. That's when yeah. I was mostly in school. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so we're 90s kids. So looking at these things from a 90s kid lens and not at the time when they might have been scary then, but they definitely were in the 90s. Um, This being pitched as a, oh yeah, it's a zombie outbreak. And we thought, well, this is going to be pretty silly. And it was actually brilliant. Yeah. And I think there was ways around it, one that, and I think we got, we still got silly with things like iZombie, which we both love. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was almost like a reinvention, and and all of these things are zombies. Even like the Last of Us, where they say, "Oh, they're, well, they're clickers or they're the infected." Mm. No, they're, they're zombies. zombies. Yeah. No, no, they're zombies. Yeah. yeah, call them what you want, but they're mindless creatures, aren't they? You know, they're a, a husk that just acts on instinct. That that's a zombie. So yeah, or the absolutely. Welsh. <laughs> oh, fuck me! I didn't expect racism on this fucking. Oh, I was going to say like the Tory party, but you know. Well. Um. Oh yeah, I've got to say now because I know you both love it. I really don't like Shaun of the Dead. It pisses me I off. Mean, why did you have to invite her on? <laughs> <laughs> it just annoys me. It's like, it's fine, but then there's the scene in the pub where they're hitting the zombie with the pool cues, which doesn't, it, <laughs> it's bullshit. So I'm sick of it. And my favourite favorite of the it's trilogy. It's not a serious film though. No, my favourite of the trilogy is uh, At World's End. No, The World's End. That's my favourite one. I really enjoy that one. It's really good. Might be because it's got Paddy Constein in it, but he's also in um, Hot Fuzz as Hot well. Hot Fuzz. Yeah. But yeah, okay, I mean. one I'm, of the Andes. Yeah, oh, brilliant. But yeah, I um we did go and see it, and I did I did kind of enjoy it. But then it's always on ITV two, and then I had people banging on a bit about it at me, and I was just like, oh, fucking, it's not that good. It's okay. It is. It, it is it, brilliant. But then I'm a huge spaced fan, and it's, so am I. I. I feel like it's the most spaced that Edgar Wright has done on the big screen. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it really translates well, so that's why I think it, it's it's perfect. And it's not to be taken seriously, no. like you say. They're hitting. Uh, John was it? Was that the landlord? Uh, yeah. Them with the pool cues. That's never going to kill him, but that's yeah. not really the point of the the film. Mm. It's a masterpiece. I have several <laughs> agree with me. <laughs> uh, Stu, twenty eight days later, though, as a film piece. Uh, I mean, we're obviously Doctor Who fans. Is this probably the first thing we saw Christopher Eccleston do? Yeah. Um... It was the reason I was so excited about him being cast in the first place because he was a serious actor and not a bellend like some of the other yeah. people. Um, yeah. But yeah, he did the, he did he did this and then there was a, the Jesus thing that he did. Oh, for that was TV. brilliant! That was fantastic. Yeah, we had that, was that really on good. DVD, and I can't remember. I'm just going to Google it because I was just thinking about that. 
Yeah, they were the two things I'd seen him in, and I thought, yeah, this is a, an actual serious actor here. <laughs> who, who knows what he's talking Second about? Second coming, it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was outstanding, that was. Mm. But he's, he's just an actor I think I've got a lot of time for in everything. I, I mean, even remembering Heroes, that he was really good when that was kind of throwaway for the majority of... Well, I only watched the first season, but he was very good in it nonetheless. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember him in it. Because I switched off season two of Heroes when somebody started doing a terrible Irish accent. I'm like, I'm not fucking having this. Off you go. <laughs> See ya. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd seen him in... Um, there's a film called Let Him Have It, which is based on Derek Bentley, who was a lad with learning disabilities in the, the 50s or the 60s. And um, he got hanged uh, for shooting a policeman, but he didn't do it. Like he said to his accomplice, Chris, let him have, he meant let him have the gun, but he said, let him have it. And the kid shot him. Okay. Yeah. But he's he's fantastic. He's brilliant. That's one of the first things I've seen him in and he's really good in it. Mm, excellent. Sorry, Steve, um, I interrupted the... you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the other film that I was going to mention at the start of the century was kind of the polar opposite in Scary Movie, which was released in 2000. Obviously, it was supposed to be, it was kind of, um, if I remember rightly, the original screen, the original title for the first yeah, screen was, was going to yeah. be yeah. Scary Movie. Yeah. And they took that title and then made a series of spoof Shit, for want of a better word, yeah, I, yeah. I think Dog I shit. think they're an absolute fucking terrible series of films. But the original scary movie was kind of massive. Uh, Stu, you've got questionable taste when it comes to comedy. Absolutely, so yeah. I'm guessing you fucking love this film. Of course, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but then again, it it kind of follows in the whole the spiritual footsteps of Naked Gun and. Hot, uh, not hot, hot fuzz. What I'm talking about, hot shots, um, yeah, and all that kind of silly bollocks that was that is just spoof of proper films. Um, and we hadn't had one for a while, so when this came around, I didn't want to like it because I love Scream. Um, yeah, apart from the last one, which was awful, um, but still. And I thought, are we too old? Am I, I mean, that thinking that at the time, <laughs> am I too old for this? Um, <laughs> You'd have been like 17, 16. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then this come, then we go and can't stop laughing. <laughs> and it, obviously, it doesn't hold up at all now. Um, and the references are very dated, and you've got to have no clue whatsoever. But that's not the point, is it? At the time, it was hilarious. And it was almost like it was probably massive because we didn't, we hadn't had anything for a long time like that because of. Probably OJ Simpson and his in his dealings, um, ruining that kind of that whole genre. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it, it's I know on the, the the odd one out with with these kind of things, but there is also a lot of people like me, <laughs> and a lot of people like me went to see this and the second and the third. Quite a, in well, was there? A, I can't remember if there was a fourth. I didn't see a fourth. If there was, I think it went up to five, but I definitely yeah. checked out by three. Yeah, so I definitely saw the first three um, and enjoyed them a lot. If there's anything after that, I, I don't even know because I, I haven't watched it. And that's are, not a brain thing either. <laughs> there are bits in one and two that are funny, but we went to see it at the pictures and actually it's still a bone of contention between David and me because it's like, if I want to see something at the pictures, like, yeah, but you wanted to go and see a scary movie and that was dog shit. <laughs> wow. 20 years. To be fair though, he took me to see Hackers, so fuck you. That's a shit film. 
I mean, Hackers is at least fun. I mean, it's it's awful, but I would watch that a million times before I watch Scary Movie again. But I no, think, I, I, like, I, it was, um, I don't know. And I think I'd seen that the, the was up skit too many times as well. And it yeah. was just all a bit, I don't do well with like drugs, lots of drug references, even though, you know, I love Jane Silent Bob. It's just, it, it it's just not, not for me. Um, I haven't seen it for the longest. I mind you, I don't think I've seen it since it was, no, I think I gave it another chance because it was on and I watched it and it was fine. Uh, the second one, the bit I remember from the second one is the woman in the cinema shouting and that when she gets stabbed and she just continues shouting. The, that, that did make me laugh. Um, but I'm I'm not... A, it makes it sound like I'm a killjoy. I'm not. There are some comedy horror films that I do enjoy that they are not any of them. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I love comedy horror. And I think the reason that I like comedy horror is not because of Scary Movie. Because comedy horror has evolved into comedic elements within a horror film yeah this was horror elements within a supposed comedy film absolutely but the jokes never really landed and i've got to admit, i've never been a big fan of the wayans brothers apart from damon mm. i think damon wayans he's actually a really funny talented dude his brothers and all the other like hangers on in his family have kind of made it off of his name to be perfectly honest yeah yeah maybe uh, is it keenan Keenan Ivory, I think, is yeah. the um, one of the other ones I think's got a bit more talent than the rest. But generally speaking, the two who've done the most film work are just not funny. And I've always found that once he got to the third scary movie, when they sort of dropped out and David Zucker came in, someone who has got proper chops in the um, spoof world, mm. it was a much better film. I mean, it's still shit, but it was much better. <laughs> I mean, I've... I, there was, I always say there's, there's two jokes that I laughed at in the whole series and they all came in the third film. And that was when the president said, what would President Ford do? And they turned and looked at a picture <laughs> of Harrison Ford. That always made me laugh. And there was one where um, they were trying to escape from the White House and Ja Rule said, you're excited, you should feel my nipples. And I always laugh at that because that's a line from Basketball. And obviously me and Stu have spoke about our love of or things South Park and everything. So again, those are the only two jokes I ever found funny in it. Mm. But for some reason, it made nearly three hundred million at the the box office. And I mean, I know we're talking about horror, but they then went on and made epic movie and date movie and the spoof genre was sort of reignited off the back of scary movie. Yeah, yeah. And I have absolutely no idea. And somebody how that needs happened. to fucking set it on fire because they're just not great. <laughs> I didn't see any of the other ones. No. There was no, I, didn't, I didn't have any kind of... That's what doesn't really make any sense because I went into the them three not really knowing what to expect and kind of expecting not to laugh, and then I did quite a lot. But when Date Movie especially was... I was like, just no. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit like Click, which, which is one of the worst films ever made. Um, is that the yeah. one with Adam Sandler? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it. No, you don't. No one needs to. Have you watched it? You, t- you took one for the team, did you? Yeah, I thought <laughs> oh, they, big, it was one of them ones where Adam Sandler, I hadn't seen an Adam Sandler film for ages and ages, and someone said, "Oh yeah, he's good in this one." 
I thought, oh, well, what is it, what's it about? Is it, oh, it's a remote control that controls time. <coughs> okay. And I just sat there, just completely bored for the whole thing. I thought, well, I ain't turning it off. We've paid for this, so we will watch it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a stinker, isn't it? Wish I hadn't. I think half the reason why the scary movie films especially didn't land for me is they were spoofing things that were only like six months old in some mm. cases. Yeah. I mean, we'll get onto The Ring in a moment. Mm. Um, but like I felt like I knew The Ring before I even saw The Ring because of the jokes that they were making in these movies. So the jokes never landed. It was it was too close to the actual events of the things that they were trying to take the piece out of. So there was no there's no room to breathe. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. Um, but you should have been like me and watched Ringu before even bothering with the ring because I'd watch Ringu like when it came out and so I that's mm. why I knew the tropes from it from that because I would I, I don't do um, American remakes of films I've done I've done it once or twice not realizing but I don't see the point <laughs> I don't see the point if yeah, you're, if you're, that, speaking, if you're yeah. that fucking idle to not be able to read subtitles Jesus Christ <laughs> It's for people other than you. That's what they are. Everyone, everyone's got a place. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, just, I think that it was a really interesting start to the century that it, we seem to be going in two separate ways, that they were very much trying to infantilise the audience and give us not even comedy, but stupid bollocks. Because <laughs> that that's what scary movies were. Yeah. They were stupid. They, yeah. they were the lowest common denominator trash. Mm. They were giving us that, but then at the same time, we were getting films like 28 Days Late. Or if you go back, probably, was it 99, I think, when we had Sixth Sense oh, and yeah. Unbreakable? Yeah. And it felt like we were trying to grow up at the same time as others were trying to pull us back a little bit. Um, oh. Are there any other films from around the first five years of the year 2000 that spring to your mind? Stu, have you got anything on, on your list from that period of time that you think might encapsulate the start of the century quite well? Yeah, I mean, Tara mentioned one of them, Final Destination. And I, I had to double check that this was actually this century and it was just about mm. in the 2000. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, something, an idea that we hadn't really seen before then, or definitely I hadn't seen before then, um, <coughs> and using someone who was famous for other horror films as well. Um, you got old Tony, but... Tony. Yeah. I like. I I really enjoyed the first one. Mm. Um, no, it's I think great. It's, it's really it's good. Like every other one is out is good, and then there's some real stinkers in there. And I think the last one, the three D one was pretty. The three D one for what it was was funny, but it shouldn't have been funny, should it? So, um, but yeah, you had a lot of that kind of situational horror, I suppose you're going to call it, that came off the back of that. So there was that and the descent. Because it's, it's mm, playing on things that you probably hadn't seen since arachnophobia. Yeah, people who's, who weirdly scared of spiders, where the descent is something that I think most normal people are not going to be wanting to be crawling through small spaces, are they? No, and, absolutely. Um, that's it. David can't watch it because he, well, no, it's his favorite film, one of his favorite horrors, because it plays on claustrophobia and he's claustrophobic. So he's just like mm. he's proper. Watching it, he can't do it. Well, he can mm. do it, but he has like that quite a yeah. lot of the time. Hands over eyes. Barry did that for me. Oh, um, the Ryan Reynolds yeah. one hander. 
Mm. I mean, we've spoke about Ryan Reynolds I know, quite a lot on this podcast about uh, general distaste for his recent work. But when he hits, he's, he can be a very good actor. Uh, he was tremendous in that one. Tara, what have you got on your list for anything extra? Um, Ginger Snaps. Good have you film. seen Ginger Snaps? Yeah, the uh, werewolf film. Yeah, the werewolf two, one. Um, yeah. Two young women, is it when they hit puberty? That yeah, they... her sister hits puberty and she becomes a werewolf. And then it's a, the two sisters. The one sister isn't and she's trying to protect her sister. It's really good. It's it's your thing from the 50s. When you become a teenager, your body changes kind of thing. So it's an allegory for being a teenager. But it's really, really good. It's um, Catherine Isabel and Emily. Can't remember her surname, but she played... Uh, Beverly in the It TV series, if you watch that, you know, the first It that came out, the two part yeah. that I fucking love. I'd love it. It's just, it, oh, my, yeah, my dad hired it from the video Curry, shop. Tim Curry, isn't it? Yeah, it's Tim yeah. Curry. My dad hired it from the video shop and, uh, like, I watched it about three times before he took it back. I was obsessed with it. And I've met all the cast except for her. So I haven't met Tim Curry, but I've met all the kids and they're all lovely, all really nice. Have you met Annette O'Toole? No. Which one's Annette O'Toole? No, she, no, they're She's... the grown-ups. I met the yeah, kids, the, the ones who were right, the kids okay. in the film. Yeah. So I was a big Smallville fan and obviously she was Lana Lang in the original <laughs> Superman and then played Clark's mom. So I'd have been quite jealous if you had. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Ginger Snaps and uh, there was another one that I've just forgotten. But um, no, Ginger Snaps is the main one because that's a big favourite here. Also, she's Ginger, so got it. I mean, Ginger Snaps was on was one of the original choices that I was going to put in for this because I, I think it's a really interesting film. But I know it's also one that probably hasn't had the views that it deserves. No, It sort of came and went <laughs> and is something of a, a cult hit, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, there mm. was The Hollow Man, but that's just a bit creepy and weird. <laughs> Do yeah. you like a bit of Kevin Bacon? Yeah, Kevin. He's oh, great, my favourite yeah. thing about Kevin Bacon, his daughter's name is Sosie, which is spelled S-O-S-I-E. And so she could she's basically just sausage bacon. That is her name. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> oh, look, apparently he hates the um the six degrees six of bacon degrees. as well. Oh, does he? Six degrees of Kevin Bacon, yeah. Because like, the first time he heard it, he thought it was supposed to be like this really cool thing that he's worked with so many people because he's such a diverse actor. Yeah. And then when he found out it's just a piss take of six degrees of separation, <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of hates it now. <laughs> oh, you know he's doing adverts for phones. Yeah. So he's <laughs> he, he's yeah. lost all credibility for me. Pitch Black with Vin yeah. Diesel. That's. I haven't seen that one. Have you not? It's really good. Ridiculous. Yeah. What? Ridiculous? What? Is it? It's really good or. No, that he hasn't seen it. Yeah. After. No. After. You're we, a hipster. You're supposed to see all these films. I, I class you on this podcast. Me and you are the same. We watch the films that these chumps won't fucking watch. I, love Pitch Black. I, I went through a, a long period of time of hating Vin Diesel. It, like, it took me a long time to really get the man, the he's, myth, he's the a legend. Big, he's Vin a big Diesel. old fucking nerd. What's to hate? Yeah, but see... He came into my consciousness with Fast and Furious, and it took me a long time to accept Fast and Furious. Ah, uh, <laughs> true. Yeah, I forgot about your um, love-hate obsession with Fast and Furious. Oh, there's yeah. no hate. Well, other than I mean, nine. Uh, 
I mean, there's a bit of hate. Reasonable, <laughs> at least he's not in. I mean, to be fair, the ones he's in are washable, generally. And he's two's a... awful, three's really bad, uh, and nine, nine's a shocker. Everything else is... Yeah. I think the great song yeah. that we released, released as well. In, uh, oh, that's a fucking feel, tune, that is. Feel like I do. Superb. It's an absolute bop. Is it? Like, you wouldn't have thought it. It's yeah. genuinely really good. Okay. I'll check it's it a out. Proper good summer tune, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just got memories of COVID times with yeah. the audience of um, Kelly Clarkson's chat show, just sort of nodding along on TV <laughs> screens. I don't know if that happened or if that's just made up in my mind now, but yeah, it's brilliant. But yeah, that that was why I never watched Pitch Black. You should watch because, it because yeah, it is good. And Riddick mm. as well. Yeah, Riddick I, I, I don't think I've watched Riddick. Just the with because the Xbox game came out and I never I Mark had the Xbox not me um and so and friends did so I, I never played it properly I probably should now no I've got one um yeah Chronicles of Riddick and all that stuff mm. expanding the universe which did we you, didn't need to do Judy Dench but, is in it ain't she she's in Chronicles I think yeah, yeah. it's really good it's it's mm. like it's it's so far up your street it's. You'd be cul-de-sacking yourself, not watching it, Andy. You need to do it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next film. So, like, the third film on this one, the film that I've put down is Ringo, which is actually from 1998. Yeah. But I thought, actually, it makes sense for it to be having an impact on the 21st century horror, because even though it was two years before the 20th, 21st century started, I don't feel like the rise in Asian horror really started to pick up any momentum until something like Bash Royale hit, which would have been 2000, and then all of a sudden, like, eyes turned east somewhat, and yeah. we started to pick up these other films, so we had, like, Ringu and Juan, and so what, what happened in the year 2000 that made people look to... To these Asian horrors, what like, I don't quite understand it because obviously we've always been a very American Hollywood centric society when it comes to our cinematic viewings, but for some reason something changed. I feel in the early two thousands. Stu, have you got any ideas what what prompted that switch? I mean, it might be like the fear of the unknown and adding in a language barrier into something that's already quite terrifying, um, meaning that I don't know. I know when I watched um, we're not, Train to Busan, we're not going to talk about it, oh, because it's too late. Um, it's worth like just speaking about it in general, though, because that that's a very good film that's uh, Korean, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in, a great film. Watching that, and obviously there's not that much dialogue anyway, but look, reading it and then having your eyes distracted for a mere second and watching it on a bigger screen, which was a mistake, because you're looking away and then you're looking up and you're like, ah, something else going to bite your face <laughs> off. Maybe that's something to do with it. Maybe adding subtitles to things and not in the kind of, in the what the kids do to everything now, which is just odd. Um, but doing it because you generally don't understand any other way. Maybe that's got something to do with it. And it is the unknown. And it does add a bit of authenticity to it, maybe. But you've got mm-hmm. to think, though, that, you know, Kaiju and Godzilla were horror back in the 1950s. So it's all mm. they've always done it. And like I said, Haosu, it, which is Japanese, um, from the late 70s, it's fucking mental, but you should give it a watch. Um, I don't know, because like I said, I watched Ring when it came I watched Ringu when it came out, and me and 
David and his housemate Markle sat and watched it. And when the phone when the film finished, the three of us reached for our fucking mobile phones to try and ring the house phone to like. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't know. My friend Tom is a big K and J horror fan, so he got me to watch uh, Gion. And so sometimes if if we're just if we're drunk or we're just talking about something, we'll just make them, you know, that uh, <laughs> um, Yeah, I, but like I said, I, I, I don't, there's no reason for it. But when we, then we got Drain, Train to Busan and um, the two Raid films, which I know aren't technically oh, horror, fantastic. but they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. They're so, you know, and it makes me think, why do I not watch more of this? Um, One Cut of the Dead. Have you seen One Cut of the Dead? Mm-hmm. No, don't know that one. Oh, that's brilliant. So, oh, I won't. T- it was a smash. At, um, one of the like, I go to Fright Fest. We've only been for like three years, but that was a, a smash at one of the previous ones. If you can watch it, watch it. I think it was on Film Four, so you might find it on there. Oh, okay, but that was that's a great. That's a really good one to to catch. So yeah, I'm gonna have to check out more and more because um, I'm missing out. I'm, mm, I'm missing out. Ev- it's available to rent on Prime. Okay. Okay. Um, but as I don't know, I I am missing out. But it's uh, yeah, it's not for any like I watch subtitled films a lot, but I know in um, Korea and Japan a lot of their stories are ghost based, and ghosts don't really do it for me. So that's why I didn't like the others. I I really didn't like the others at all. Mm. I haven't. I won't watch *Woman in Black* because I know it's about a ghost. Uh, *Insidious*. I, I don't do. It's. I ghosts don't do it for me, so maybe that's why. Mm. I mean, I, I've got to say, I'm not a huge fan of ghosts. I mean, the only one that immediately springs to mind for us is *Pay the Ghost* with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> absolute dog shit. But I've got to say, um, yeah, *Woman in Black* was excellent, and for it to be a twelve A. Sort of makes a mockery of the BBFC because, like, it was kind of spine chilling in parts, okay. and yeah, it's. I do think that's worth a watch. Um, in regards to Asian horror, is it is it outlandish to say that Ringu laid the grounds for Parasite to win the Oscar? Yes. Do you think that those early days of foreign language, specifically Asian horror, have sort of trained us now? Not everybody, obviously, because there are still people who do seem to have a hurdle to get over when it comes to to, to reading subtitles. But do you think that it's legitimised foreign cinema in general? Or do you think that's more of a general thing and it's just to do with how the world's getting smaller now? Um, I don't know. Stu, any any thoughts on... I mean, in a way, it's like what we always talk about with games and stuff, that when the old bastards die out, everyone's going to have a better time. If you think about people who watch that, who watch Ringu and that kind of stuff at the turn of the century, as teenagers, they're then mm. in, in position of power. Add twenty years to that, then they're in high power jobs. They're in the, they're talking within the circles. They've grown up on this stuff. Like Alana, like my niece, is in Japan now. She, I spoke to her earlier on a video call from Japan, which is whatever. This is just normal, just fucking normally. Um, but she was going to the Nintendo thing. Um, Mario Land. Oh, I'm so jealous. I I don't really wish to visit Japan 
because I just think it's all a bit weird. But that's me. That's not me. It's just, <laughs> you know, um, my friend went and he said it's like you just all everyone's walking with their phone like this. But Mario Land looks amazing. Yeah. And I'm not even a gamer and it looks great. Yeah, she's um, she's going over there. But again, but she's 18, well, nearly 19 now. But she's been into anime and all this kind of stuff and K-dramas and whatever for since she was what, 13, mm. 12, 13. So again, she's grown up with it. So she knows all this stuff. I mean, she she told me about the obvious Netflix series that we yeah. try, try not to mention. Um, <laughs> but if that's what if that's what they're growing up with, mm. it's going to start from somewhere, and it's not going to get commissioned by old old fuckers who say no to everything. So it's definitely as it's definitely a cause and effect. It's a, it's a generational thing. I mean, we were in Aberdeen um, HMV today, and they were playing K-pop or anime music i don't know and like there was a wall that was like who's your favorite k-pop artist like all these there was like hundreds and hundreds of um post-it notes with you know all these band names on and um i've been in hmv in town and i've shazammed a few when they've come on and they've been decent but yeah it's uh the world is getting smaller um and i think it is i think it is that like kids nowadays are growing up with a lot less blinkered views on things. So, and also you've got Pokemon and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff. <laughs> yes. And so, and Ash is going to be livid that we're talking about Pokemon again. <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I used to work for Bin Planet, so I, 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 they, the kids are trying to talk to me. About it. I was like, yeah, I'm not asked. Don't care. Mm. Go away. Um, and anime, like my friend Tom was a huge. He's a huge Sailor Moon fan. He's got loads of anime. Uh, he got pissed one night on eBay and almost bought a five-foot statue of Love Hina. Um, <laughs> thankfully, he fell asleep before he completed the purchase. <laughs> but, um, there's always been people around who have had that interest, but now because there's K-pop, so there's BTS and all those Pink Black, all those bands, and then there's all these TV series and all these films and stuff, people are taking an interest Mm. I mean, my other half's sister's a big fan of um, BTS. Yeah, huge fan. I I don't know any of their songs. No one of them. You would know yeah, one of them. Would. Dynamite. You'd know. Okay, I'll, I'll take the only one that it. I know. You know what? This right. is like this is like when he said that he didn't know any any step songs, and every every single one that came on that night, he knew all the words <laughs> to, and he can deny it all he wants, but it's true. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, but when when I was in uh, when I was in New York last year. They had a line friends shop and I, I didn't really understand it. I mentioned it to, to Casey and I said, oh, they've got all this BTS stuff in. I was having to send pictures of all of these items and they had fucking loads of these things. And it was all just like the most generic looking. There was a lamb and a koala and they're supposed to be like the avatars for each of these characters. And I didn't get it. But seeing how all these other people in the shop were reacting to this stuff mm. was kind of incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I think, how, how would you know this? You're quite clearly a, you know, a Caucasian American or, you know. But as you said, the world is just so much smaller now. Absolutely. It, the influence has been huge. I think I do think a big part of it has come from films like Ringo that mm. just seeping into the subconscious. And, and I think I knew. Sorry, carry I on. Say, I, I think I knew Ringu and the Ring before I even saw it because of Scary Movie. Because we'd seen so many parodies and so many jokes of those films before like, they even became 
yeah. sort of mainstream. I, I don't think Ringo ever quite made the impact that some of the, like I think maybe auditions probably a bit more mm. culturally. I still haven't seen known. audition. I'm shit. I'm so shit. I haven't oh, seen audition. Yeah, um, but I remember my brother watched Ringu before I did, um, and he said after they watched it, they had to turn the TV around so it faced the wall. <laughs> um, there's also Takashi Miike, who's fantastic. He's a he did Itchy the Killer and Old Boy, but um, love it, yeah, Old Boy. Yeah. I won't watch Old Boy because there's an animal death scene in it, and I'm not great with that. Um, but he also did a film called The Happiness of the Katakuris which is a fantastic curio, if you can track it down. It's it's mental. It's about this B&B, this failing B&B that's run by a family. And then when people, guests check in, they die in mysterious, in, in stupid ways. But it's it's a musical as well. Oh, <laughs> it's a musical okay. as well. <laughs> and the, Yeah, so the, um, the front cover of the box is um, them running up some hills terrified but it looks like the sound of music it's such a, it's, it's brilliant it's such a good film check it out okay, okay. that was from 2001 yeah. oh and there are zombies okay. in it <laughs> perfect perfect um, so we spoke about the influence of the internet on bringing in asian culture but i think obviously as the decades have gone on throughout the 21st century obviously streaming has become huge mm. like in all facets not just when it comes to horror but obviously i know we sort of shilled uh should have for a few weeks on this uh this podcast has been the the only horror-based subscription service for streaming it's not very the, good either it's yeah the, the, the americans get it better isn't great no the americans well, get it better I, I ended up subscribing to the american one rather than the british one because you have to get it through prime so i just went to the american site and did some dodgy dealings and, and got it that way uh, but the next film on the list I've got is Host, because I feel like Host is probably the one film that's, I mean, obviously I know it was a pandemic movie, but I think that is the film that really made the most impact of any horror in the streaming world. I don't think anything else was, I mean, Bird Box maybe, I think, had yeah, a bit Bird of penetration Box. early. Oh, doors, and um, what's it? Um, see, no, we, no, the, the one where they're, See, you know, not not. I can't remember what it's called. This is really bad. The sequel to the one where they can't make any noise. The Quiet Place. That the Quiet Place Two. Quiet Place Two was yeah. a pandemic one, I think. Yeah, but it, it was a film. Film where it, it, it yeah, came out later. True. That, that was the first film I saw back at the cinema after. Oh right, okay. The first lockdown. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> but yeah, Host. I think um, for me is the film that typifies the rise of streaming. Yeah. personally it's yeah. the first film that came to strip to a streaming service that wasn't dogged with a lot of the same issues that netflix streaming films have where mm. the people are given carte blanche to make any old choice this was a very taut kind of terrifying horror i mean yeah. i know Stu's taking the piss out of me before about when i watched unfriended on my laptop and it scared me no yeah it's great it's really good but I had to watch Host in the middle of the day because I was too scared to watch it at night. Like but it you... genuinely got my nerves jangling. It was superb. You did it to yourself though. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I did yeah, with Unfriended. Oh. In fairness, yeah, that was ridiculous. Watching it in bed on a laptop. I mean, yeah, I did not make that. Did not make sense. But yeah, uh, Stu talked to you about Host as a film 
And tell me about like, what challenges do horror... No, not more challenges, sorry. What's the benefit that horror creatives have on putting films on streaming services rather than going through the studio system? I mean, eyes, mainly. You've you got a, a yeah. baiting audience straight away. You ain't going <laughs> to sell it through ridiculous trailers that give everything away. Um, you can give it through... I mean, Unfriended was... I mean, did we we watched that independence of each other, didn't we? I'm sure we did. We did. It was it was either that or host. We did one or the other. We we, we watched and then talked about it, and we were confused. We were like, oh, we are one now, and it, it was all that kind of thing. But that's exactly why. And what there was one where I can't remember what it was a Netflix one where he was chained to his dead wife or something on a bed. I can't remember what it was called though. Gerald's game. Gerald's game. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's the Stephen King. Um, novella, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, that that was that was the only one, the one I could think of, but I couldn't think of its name. It wasn't very good either. But mm. I think that that is the the argument, though, that you've got a ready made audience. I mean, how many people have watched that Beckham donc- documentary just because it's on Netflix and it's it's front page? There you go. Mm. Who who would have watched a silly Korean drama about a kids' game? Not many people, but it was on the front of Netflix, so everyone did. And then we got Squid Game too, which is inevitably going to be awful. But yeah, absolutely. Mm. But I think that that's They're advertising that's like... the advertising the reality show at the moment, aren't they? As yeah. Well, the well, people Squid don't Game die, show, do they? they? They don't die, yeah. so there's no point. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Exactly. It's not Squid Game. Mm. It's just the floor is lava. That's all it is. And we've <laughs> had that already. already. Yeah, it's all already. Yeah. So I think that is it. That you've got an audience there of literally millions of people that if you make something that's decent or even quirky or interesting, people are going to give it a chance. And not just weirdos who, who like us who pay 18 quid a month to go and see weird stuff in the middle of the day. Normal people who just come in from work and see things and think, oh, yeah, okay, I'll give that a go. You ain't going to get that with... I mean, how much would host have made if you put it on at the cinema, especially... not. Because it's well, time, yeah, and it's, it, and it's under an hour, so people weren't yeah. wouldn't mm. pay money to go and see that film. No, that's that's very true. Um, mm. But no, I'm with Stu. It's like studios can put out what they want; they're not necessarily going to get bums on seats. But if it's on streaming and you're subscribed to it, you're going to give it a chance, even if you don't watch it all. You know, you watch it. That's not for me. You can tap out. You can't do that when you go to the pictures. So, mm. um, sh- yeah, Shudder, we've got Shudder, um, and it's just, it's okay. It's an okay service, but I have this argument time and time again that in Britain we aren't seen as true horror fans. That's why America gets fucking everything. Because there was a post on Facebook the other day about Terrifier 3 and um, how it's coming soon to streaming, but it's only streaming in America. And I'm like, well, quite frankly, we don't need it because Terrifier and Terrifier 2 are fucking horrifically misogynistic and awful. But Well, that seems great. <laughs> but, no, but seriously, the, the, the point is we're an afterthought by horror, in, in, unless it's like a British horror director like Edgar Wright or like... Um, I've got to think now. Uh, he's not British, but he he gets it. Robert Eggers, he gets mm-hmm. he gets it. Um, yeah, but we're I think we're an afterthought over here for horror. 
Uh, yeah, I think that's actually a good point. I mean, it, it does feel like we always get the film a good sort of three, four weeks later, quite regularly, especially when it comes to horror more so mm. than anything else. Yeah, that that's a good point. That's why at Fright Fest you get a lot of, if not world premieres and European premieres or international premieres. So, and that's, you know, it's worth going for that. Um, and that's that film remember that film that last year that slasher the one in the the house that in where they were making a porn film in the barn oh x yeah yes. and then we had x and then you had the sequel to that that was out Pearl. months later yeah and we, and we had that what was it nearly a year later than it, we, it actually released it, it was over six months wasn't yeah. it i'm sure yeah. the americans had it in probably around this time last year and then i think we had it early april if yeah. i remember rightly yeah. Well, we didn't. Which annoyed we watched it in January. Uh, well, yeah, because <laughs> it was available to stream in America and VPNs exist. So what the fuck do you think I'm going to do? I'm not going to wait around because you don't value me as a customer. And exactly. I think, the thing that's problem. annoying about that is Mia Goth's English. So she should be fighting for us, saying, give them the yeah. same with the release date. But then mm. Maxine's It'll be interesting. Yeah. I was going to say it'll be interesting to see how they play Maxine. Mm. whether or not we get a you know day and day release i mean we should do because i think like a lot of the british press spoke quite a lot about pearl yeah. when it came out it was very lauded in this country so they should know that there is an audience here but whether or not that actually means that they'll do anything about it is another story altogether Absolutely. isn't it yeah mm. so hosts tara thoughts yeah. on the film it's wonderful like we watched it and it's I didn't know what it was going into it I just I, I really didn't know I just knew it was a pandemic film and it was filmed during lockdown and it it's it doesn't outstay its welcome mm-hmm. you know he could have made an hour and a half long film didn't need to because everything that happened happened within like a uh, um you know a call a, a screen call so yeah I we really enjoyed I really really enjoyed it and it's creepy. It is properly creepy. It's like I said, I'm not hugely into ghosts, but seance seances are different. So yeah. that's that's why I love The Exorcist. <laughs> so yeah. seances and just ghosts where ghosts just happen to appear, not for me, but seances, absolutely for me. Where did um, the disappearance of Willie Bingham, what was that on? Or was that just a YouTube thing? YouTube short. Oh, I don't I mean, know. It probably had a release as well, but it's a YouTube. This is what I mean. This is what, when you said, yeah, mm. it's not a full-length film. You think, well, there you go. There's a perfect example. Again, the, the third week in a row we've talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great, um, there's a great street, there's a great um, channel on YouTube called Alter, A-L-T-E-R, and that's just horrors. That's just horror shorts. And we've watched a, quite a few really, really good ones. There's a, there's a few stinkers, but there's a lot that mm-hmm. are brilliant. So you should probably add that to your your list. Awesome. Um, in so much as streaming horror movies that hit, the only one that I could think of when it came to Netflix, I don't feel Netflix... Like I, I know I mentioned Bird Box that came and went quite quickly, like a lot of Netflix do. The other one that came to mind was the Fear Street trilogy. That, that was great. 1978 yeah. and 1666, mm. which had the worst Irish accent I've heard. Mm-hmm. It was horrendous. But that was, I felt that that was a, a, a mostly good. I, like the third one did drop off the cliff a little bit, but 
it was mostly good series of on Netflix, I think. Yeah, no, I really that enjoyed was one of my... them. Yeah. Um, the second and the second one's got Sadie Sink from uh, um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, Things yeah. yeah. That that was my favourite because I do like a sleepaway camp type. Me too. Movie I love and... absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I, I just as a, a slight side at the mm. moment, I was watching a TikTok the other day and I was talking about bad guys with the highest death counts. Mm-hmm. And um, Sleepaway Camp has got one of the highest death counts of any character, which really shocked me. <laughs> She's in the top 10. And Is she? Fantastic. Yeah. I did not expect that at all. Well deserved kind as well. Of awesome. Yeah. No, this is this is why it continually confuses me why you haven't played the quarry, because that's all it is. Yeah, it is. So first I person, isn't it? No, yeah. no, it's not. Oh, I it's... thought it was. Oh, okay. No, no, that's the quarry. That, that's um, that's outlast what we were on about last week when Jeff was trying to scare you. Um, <laughs> now the quarry is like until dawn and all them kind of things. Right. Okay. That's added to the list then. Yeah, I don't. I'm not I don't that do... far off the end of Game of Thrones, of Game of God of War, even. I so. don't do games, but David does, and I watched him play the Quarry and Man of Medan as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, they're really decent. Little Hope and the one after House of Fear, House of Wax, something like that. Um, not House of Wax. <laughs> There's a third <laughs> one anyway. The third one was on Plus Extra uh, yesterday, and I haven't played the third one. So okay. The so, Dark, yeah. P- Dark Pictures Anthology. It's the one with the uh, the curator guy that I showed you before. Oh, um, which which guy? It's it's an actor, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've forgotten his name. But anyway, yeah. Sorry, I don't even play games. I shouldn't really. <laughs> <laughs> streaming. If we're talking about horror streaming, I would like to talk about um, Mike Flanagan's output on Netflix. So. Um, his fall of house of Usher's has just come out and a friend of mine has said that it's like, if you love succession, the writing is as good as succession because okay. Mid- midnight mass was fucking brilliant. Midnight mass was excellent. And um, the haunting of Hill house was brilliant as well. We didn't watch blind manor because we read a lot of things about it. Um, that it wasn't that great, but I think I'm going to have to have a look, check it out because Mike mm. Flanagan is just a great horror director anyway. Yeah, I didn't love Midnight Mass. I know Stu did. We were talking about this earlier, funnily enough. Um, it was a bit too slow for me. It was I don't know what it was, but I wanted a little bit more pace to it. It felt like they had enough story for maybe three episodes, which they stretched out to six or seven. However I like the pace of it. I like that it was slow. I think it made it, for me, it, it drew it out and out and out and out and it wasn't bore it it didn't bore me because some of the monologues in it are are outstanding especially by the priest he was fantastic and Raul Co- everyone's favorite Raul Coley he yeah. was fantastic yeah. as well he was the highlight of it for me Raul Coley I'm a big fan of his I mean getting his second mention for I Zombie but he was you know one of the best things about that show but I have heard very good things about the fall of the House of Usher. Mm. I do like Edgar Allan Poe stuff. I'm not massively into poetry, generally speaking, but mm. I am quite interested to see how it's going to tie into, obviously, what is going to be part of the themes of the, the series. I am looking forward to that. That might be ne- next weekend's yeah. TV viewing, I think. So what I was on about just, it was Until Dawn that had the, it was the narrator, it was the doctor, it was Peter Stormare. That's him. 
Peter Sommer. He was in Until Dawn, and the other one um, in the dark pictures, it's someone else, but it's a similar kind of thing. Until Dawn was the one with uh, Rami Malek and Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. Um, which is mm. also excellent. It's very uh, good. It's a, it's a free game as well. Just go and do it. <laughs> uh, the next topic that I want you to, to look at, so film number five, I've put down Hostel because the next topic is torture porn. Um, I mean, obviously, Stu, you mentioned that we could quite easily sub in um, Human Centipede in for, for Hostel. I think you could probably go with uh, Saw 2 onwards. I don't think Saw is a torture porn film. I mm. think its sequels definitely veer quite heavily into mm-hmm. to, to that. But I think for me, Hostel feels like that was the first one where they really sort of went balls out to try and get, you know, try and get people's kicks off in watching someone get brutalised. <laughs> it felt kind of grotty watching it and not in a satisfying way when you watch some scuzzy old horror film. Yeah. It it didn't feel scary. It felt... Wrong. Mm, it, it didn't scratch that itch at all whenever I watch anything that I would deem as torture porn for me. that's I, I really struggle with it as a genre because it's just so abrasive when I watch it and there's no enjoyment to it. I don't get it. Stu, can you change my mind on that? Do you enjoy torture porn? Is there anything that you take from that genre of film that you think, okay, this is something vaguely enjoyable? I mean, I've got no moral compass at all, have I? I mean, I have been looking at the images from in Israel, so and it is what it is. It doesn't it's obviously bad. But we're not going to talk about that here. But I don't like ball up in tears and all this stuff like <laughs> like normal people should do. Um, so seeing people mutilated in in ridiculous ways is quite entertaining for me. It's kind of like serial killer one hundred and one, I suppose. Mm. Um, it's why why the Dharma show was so good as well on Netflix, bringing it back again. Yeah. Um, but saying that, Hostel Two was the one for me where I thought. This is going too far. Is this it is because it's it. women? No, it's just I. There was something about Hostel too. It just seemed a bit, a bit evil. And oh, the first one was fine, um, but the second one there was just some vibe about it. I thought this is just a bit nasty for the sake of being nasty. Mm. And oh, we've just established it doesn't bother me. Seeing brutal stuff, I can deal with it. I just that one was where it went too far. But saw you can bring it on, brilliant. <laughs> Is anything else? Chopping people's arms off, Monty Python style, and fine. Um, people being tortured, they're always being messed with. That's the only one that gets me. Like, if you eat, it's like what gets. <laughs> I, and I was a celebrity every year when they get, have to eat like an eyeball. That's the worst mm. one. That's why I can't eat onions. Onions are evil. <laughs> but it's the same thing. They look like eyes, so it can't be done. Don't eat lychees, then Jesus. No. <laughs> Now, I've got an eye phobia, and so that bit in Hostel where she has to have her eye cut out, I was like, <laughs> have you seen Hostel 3? No. Hostel 3? I didn't 3? even know they made yeah. the third one. You know, you think it's going to be shit, and it's actually it's a pretty decent flip of the genre. So um, it's based in that these lads are going to Las Vegas on a stag do, but they end up at like um, this exclusive club. Mm. Where the um, people pay people bet money on who's going to die, 
and it's it's oh it's, it's oh yeah yeah I have seen it yeah. yeah it's better than it has any right to be it being a hostile film and all I mean it's I don't think it's Eli it's definitely not Eli Ross but um, we caught it one night on um, Zone Horror I think and um, yeah it's worth a watch it really is because even my niece she was like I watched Hostel Three she said I didn't know it was Hostel Three and she said and I thought it was going to be dog shit but it was actually really quite good so. <laughs> Okay. I think half of my problem, especially with the first one, is for the first sort of like 40 minutes of the film, it's like, is it Road Trip? Do you remember that Tom Green film? <laughs> it, it felt like that for most of the film. And then all of a sudden it takes such a handbrake turn into quite quite hollow, but just nasty cutting of limbs and Achilles tendons and eye sockets and shit like that and it just that's that's my issue it all feels kind of hollow i think at least with something like saw there's an, an element of inventiveness to the way he kills people mm. but with hostile and with human centipede films there isn't it lacks that imagination of a, an interesting killer i don't know I these mean, just feel a bit yeah uh, to me Human Centipede is essentially a mad doctor film. So the first one. So it's it's horrible. The, I think the idea of it's more horrible than the execution of it. That's personally mm. speaking. The second one is horrendous. And the third one is just dog shit. It's terrible. It's just a terrible, terrible film. But I think, I, I don't think that the Human Centipede deserves as bad a press as it gets because it's from people who won't have watched it and they'll just know the premise of it's, oh, some mm-hmm. some surgeon sews asses to mouths and it's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it sounds so much worse than it is. Yeah, it's not absolutely. bad. It's not. just fucking boring. That's my problem with it. I like it's it. I, I think it's okay. Um, I have seen a Serbian film, which okay. is... yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's the only reason it's not on the list is I haven't seen it, but I did want to talk to you about it on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've watched it twice now. And I'm not buying it as an allegory for what the Serbian government did to the people. If you mm. want to make a fucking horrific torture porn, incest, baby fucking film, do it. Just don't, <laughs> don't do it as a political thing because it's not he just wanted to make a sick film and he made a sick film mm-hmm. you know david won't watch it he read the wikipedia article about it he was like no that's that's enough for me um i've what yeah i own a copy of it and it's it's not something to get out every christmas and go oh let's have a festive <laughs> a festive <laughs> viewing of this family favorite but it's it's an int- it's interesting you can stomach it it's an interesting watch and it's really well acted which is why it's a shame that the that the people in it are in it because no one will watch it because of its themes. But the main bloke who plays Milos, um, he's fantastic. He's such a good actor. But it won't get seen because it's not very nice. Hmm. Is there an element of... Look, I think most filmmakers want to tell a story... And it might not necessarily be the story that's on the scene. It might be, like you say, an allegory for something else. But by putting on a layer of absolute viciousness over it, is that actually just going to take away from the message they're trying to say? Absolutely. In a Serbian film, if they're trying to tell you a political story, but you can't get past some absolutely horrendous action, 
does that make that horrendous action worth putting on film if it's going to diminish your story? I don't know. I think mm. he um, he kept saying, "Oh, yeah, it's an allegory for what." Yeah, and and it's just it's not. He wanted to make a horrible film, and then to try and uh, normalize it, he then added the, "Oh, yeah, it's an allegory for this," and it's like it's not. Just don't lie. Don't lie about it. It's uh yeah it it will take it will take away from the story that you're trying to tell if you are claiming it's an allegory because it's a vicious nasty piece of film. Um, I'm glad I've seen it. Um, it's the thing. The main thing is I know it's all fake, but it is still shocking and horrible. Yeah, it's. I think if you are trying to get a message out there and you just make a film without all the stuff that goes on in this. No one's going to see it anyway because mm. it'll be boring. You've got to have a, you've got to have a, the catching, and you've got to you've got to have the draw. Mm. And if the draw is something ridiculous and awful like this is, um, then you want to add your little thing on the back. I mean, I can kind of see what it is, but it's almost like you know when they um when the, they change that that banner on the on the north bank, and now it says um to to the to fit old gold. And then was it a lifelong dream? And it's just bollocks. It never, no, that's not what it is. You've made that up. That you've replaced the old one that was better than it. So the um, the division one. But it's like that. We know full well that you've changed, you've done it after the fact. So <laughs> you've got something out there that's got people talking. Great. Like Tara said. But. I mean, I don't get messages in films anyway, do I? Because I'm, I'm quite stupid. But this is, it's, I mean, it is true. But when I think, did you do a podcast on it? Is that where I heard it from the first time? What a Serbian film. I, I haven't. I've talked about it. I haven't. I haven't, yeah. I haven't done killing on it because I won't. Because it's not. It's not a killing film. If which I will. Yeah. Serial Mom's technically not a killing film either, but my next door neighbor wanted to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, sound." So, um, but I have mentioned it on, I have mentioned it on Killing before, yeah. Yeah, and it's <laughs> you, you. I think you should watch it because you'll be fine with it. Um, but you, I couldn't ring my mom up and say, "Oh yeah, look at this. This will be a laugh." <laughs> I don't know. My mum watched the original I Spit on Your Grave, and she's like, "Yeah, good for her." So. <laughs> So because we ended up talking for a bit longer than I'd originally anticipated, we'll leave it there for this week and we'll be back next week where we'll be picking up for the 21st century horror in 10 films. So please make sure that you're subscribed on whatever podcatcher it is that you're listening to us on now. And if you could leave us a review, we would love you forever. Please make sure you've got us on the Twitter or X or whatever it is people want to call it these days. We're at CageFightingPod. And any emails you've got, please send to cagefightingpod at gmail.com. And I'll just say goodbye on behalf of Stu and Tara. And of course, it's goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other. Mm.